country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Would you pray with me? Jesus, thank you so much for Christmas, for coming down here. Such an amazing moment. Pray that you would be with us here, Lord. Keep our minds open to what you want to do tonight. Just help us fear your presence here. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You can have a seat. Thank you, worship team. Man, you guys are good tonight. It's like you practiced or something. Well, this is your first time here. My name's Adam. I'm the lead pastor here at Mosaic. And uh, I'm just so thankful you chose to spend part of your pre-Christmas weekend here with us. I know this is like prime real estate on the calendar, and you chose to be here. I hope so far you don't regret it. Um, But I want you to know, man, I've been praying for you, like specifically, um, that this wouldn't be just another thing on your calendar, that this wouldn't just be another obligation that somebody made you come to, um, but that God would like actually move here, that you would experience God's presence. So I hope, I hope that has been what you've been experiencing so far. So I want to start tonight with a question. A question. What's the difference between a minute and a moment? You know what I mean? You know, a minute's just a minute, but a moment's something else. A minute's just 60 seconds, but a moment. A moment. It can, it's not really about duration. It can be 60 seconds long, but it's jam-packed with meaning that, that's far more than 60 seconds worth of life, right? A moment. You remember the moments of your life. They, they kind of stick with you, you know? I remember the moments of my life. I remember the moment I got married. It was about a 15-minute service, but it was a moment that has impacted me uh, for, for, for hopefully for the rest of my life, in a good way, by the way. I remember the moment that all three of my kids were married, or born. Oh, gosh. <laughs> my daughter's 10. She's only 10. Stop. I feel like I just had like a flash forward, not a flashback. Born, born, man, that's a, and that's a moment, right? The moment um, that life comes into the world, it's like, it's, it's like almost magical when that happens, especially when it's a life that you're responsible for now, right? That's a moment right there. I remember the moment that I felt called by God into ministry. Uh, it's like a, a weight got pressed on me and there was almost like a, a taste in my mouth of like dissatisfaction with the way my life currently was and this, this draw towards something bigger than me. A moment. You remember the moments of your life. The good ones, bad ones. Now they're not all that big, right? It's not always about getting married and having babies, but, but a moment, something that's like bigger than just the time that it's in. You know, something that, that it seems like it weighs more than a regular minute. And I was thinking about something this Christmas season. Like I know that I will experience the minutes of my life. One 60-second slice at a time, right? 
until I hit the last one. But the question is, can I miss a moment? You know, can you miss one? Like, can a moment pass me by and me not see it, not experience it, maybe not even realize that it was there? Can I miss a moment of my life? That's a terrifying thought, isn't it? Because my moments have changed, drastically changed the direction of my life. Can I miss one? And where would I be if I did? So Luke 2.10, that's a moment. And the angel said unto them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. That's a moment right there. An angel appearing in the sky and making this declaration. So um, this angel appears to shepherds. Now shepherds are some of my favorite part of the Christmas story. I don't know why, I just always go back to the shepherds. Um, now it's for me, so, oh man, I, <laughs> full disclosure, I hate preaching about Christmas. <laughs> you know why? Because you all know the story already. You're like, yeah, angels, shepherds, wise men, even though they totally weren't there. You know, all that stuff. You, you guys, you, you, you already know this stuff, so it, it's just boring to you. So here, let me help you like, with the way I, um, I read the Bible. I try to kind of put myself in the scene. Like I, instead of reading it at arm's length, I try to imagine like what it would really be like to actually be in the story. So it kind of helps it come alive for me because man, I grew up in the church. I've heard the story too many times. So I have to kind of put myself into it. So just imagine this night, the shepherds uh, are watching their sheep at night. All right, this is third shift. How many of you know what third shift is like? Okay, this is third shift. Um, there's something about third shift that's like time slows down, right? So you all, if you've been on third shift, you know what this is like. And they all had Red Bulls in their hand because they totally did 2,000 years ago, right? Because they had to try and stay awake because they didn't want to lose their jobs because a sheep gets snatched by a wolf. So they're trying to stay awake. And this night is just like every other night, right? It's monotonous. Same sheep, same coworkers, same bad jokes they're telling each other to pass the time, same job, night in, night out. And I started to think about those shepherds, what that would be like, you know, like to have a normal day job that they go to every day and it's not really different than the night before. And I started to think, man, I wonder if like being a shepherd is all that they wanted out of life, you know? Like, I wonder if, because being a shepherd was not like a really prestigious job back then. You know what I'm saying? Like, they weren't, there weren't kids majoring in shepherdhood or whatever it would be. Um, I made that word up. Uh, the, the, if you walked up to little Billy on the street, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? He wouldn't say, I want to be a shepherd. Like, that wasn't a thing. Uh, most of society looked down on shepherds. It, it was a, a dirty, uh, kind of a rough job. You had to be a tough guy. I mean, think about this. You sat there all night doing nothing until a bear or a wolf came into your field and then you had to like do everything, right? Anybody have a job like that where you do nothing and then you do everything? They earn their money in like 10 minutes worth of time beating a, a, sh uh, a wolf back, beating a, a bear back. So you had to be tough. I don't think it was one of those jobs that people wanted. So I was wondering, man, I wonder if one of the shepherds wasn't sitting there thinking, man, if I hadn't made some of these mistakes in my life, like he, if he was in his past thinking backwards about the things that he'd done, the choices he'd made, some of the cards he'd been dealt in life that led him to be in this position, wishing that they would be different. I wish I hadn't made that decision. I wish my parents had done this. I wish, you know, this opportunity had presented itself to me and I wouldn't be here. Or if another shepherd, he wasn't thinking backwards, maybe he was thinking forwards, maybe he was kind of a dreamer, like, man, I've got plans, I'm not going to be a shepherd for the rest of my life, I'm going to do stuff, man, I'm going to make some progress, I'm going to make an, a dent in this world, I'm not going to be a shepherd forever. If these shepherds, like, weren't present in the moment, their minds were going backwards, their minds were going forwards.
But then, man, all of a sudden, the monotony of the night was interrupted, and and light cuts through darkness, and this angel appears in the sky. And you guys got to help me with this. When you picture this angel, do not picture that angel that's on that Christmas card you got this year that looks like you might be able to beat him up. Don't, Don't think about that. And don't you dare do the baby angel thing with me either. Don't you be imagining some little cherub floating in the sky like this. That's not what that was, okay? You know how I know it wasn't a baby angel? Um, Because a baby angel would not have to say, fear not, right? Little fat baby angel does not have to say, fear not. (laughs) Fear not. The shepherds would be like, okay, (laughs) continue, right? This is a formidable looking figure that just exploded into the night sky like a concussive blast. And the shepherd's first instinct is fear. And remember, these are tough guys. They're ready to fight a bear. They're ready to fight a wolf. They were not ready for whatever just appeared in the sky in front of them. So they were afraid, and the angel says, hey, fear not. If I was going to kill you, you'd be dead already, <laughs> right? And then the angel says something that, like, we don't say anymore. It's a word that's kind of uh, lost its use in our day and age. It's this word, behold. You don't say that word anymore, right? Behold, a gas station. Turneth in, please. By the way, I read, the, I read this in the King James Version. We don't usually use the King James Version here, but there was something about the Christmas story that just sounds better in the King James English. I don't know why I like the thighs and the thous in there. Probably because Linus read it in, in Charlie Brown Christmas. It's just the way it's supposed to be. But the problem with this word is, in any other translation besides the King James Version, is that they don't really use this word. And this word is really important. If you look in the original language, it has a depth of meaning to it. Because on the surface, it just means look, right? Like, look, look. But there's a depth to it. Look doesn't really do this word justice. It's deeper than that. The angels did not have to tell the shepherds to look, right? That, that they were already looking. An angel just appeared in the sky. It wasn't like Bill was over here checking his Facebook like, hold on, Gabriel. <laughs> oh, you want me to look? Like that wasn't, that wasn't what happened. They were already looking. So why did he say behold? Because it's, it's deeper than that. It's not just a physical thing. This word carries a spiritual connotation to it. So the angel's commanding them, don't just look with your eyes. Like, look with your soul, if that makes sense. Like, really engage this moment. Pay attention on a deep level here. Another way to, to say the definition would be, don't miss this. Behold, don't miss this. This, boys, is a moment. Okay, don't miss this moment. Don't miss this with your eyes. Don't miss this with your soul. Don't be anywhere but right here. Be present. Don't put your eyes anywhere else. Don't put your mind anywhere else. Don't put your soul anywhere else. Be here in this moment. You ever notice how hard it is to be present most of the time? To actually be present where you are and even when you are, if that makes sense. And I don't mean physically. Of course, you are where you are physically. But just because you're somewhere physically doesn't mean you're there mentally or spiritually, right? Like some of you right now, you're sitting here, but you're totally at Target right now, right? Buying that last Christmas present that you just forgot. Or some of you, you're totally in that family gathering that you don't want to go to dreading that right now, right? You're here, but you're not here. It's harder than it's ever been to be present in the moment, right? You struggle with that? Like being here now? really present in the minutes of your life? Or are you physically there, but mentally and spiritually are somewhere else? Like you don't live in this moment because you're constantly living in other moments. You know what I mean? Like you're, li- you're living in those past moments. You're living in those future moments. You're not living in this one. 
Maybe, maybe for you, it's the past that's always got you distracted. The pain of the past prevents you from living in the present moment. Maybe all the mistakes, all the regrets that lead, led you to where you are right now, they kind of dominate your thoughts. They prevent you from living in the here and the now. Rather than being here, you're constantly back there marinating on the disappointments, the what-ifs, the could-have-beens. And that distracts you and it keeps you anchored back there rather than being here. Or maybe you're distracted by the past, but it's not like a negative thing. Maybe you think about the past because your past was brighter than your present. (laughs) And you had it really good back then. So you're thinking about uh, all the good times. You have this nostalgia of the way things used to be, of a past long gone. And now you're here and you'd rather be there. So the past has you distracted. Or maybe, maybe you're not a past person. Maybe you're a future person. Some of you in this room, you allow worry and anxiety to fill you up to the brim that you can't experience the present moment, let alone enjoy the present moment because you are constantly out here imagining all of the terrible things that will befall you, could befall you, might befall you. You're living in the future, a thousand different futures, but 999 of them won't happen. So your angst about the future prevents you from living in the moment. And some of you, you're distracted by your future, but you're a little bit more optimistic than the worrier. You're not distracted by your future because of your dread of it, because of, but because of your anticipation of it. You're excited to experience some future season of your life to the point that it hinders your ability to live in this season right now. You're so caught up in longing for a better future that you miss the present moment. I think that's, that's kind of our struggle, isn't it? We're, we're, we're caught up in living in the past, either the pain or the nostalgia of it, and we're caught up in living in the future, either the dread or the anticipation of it. But it's very difficult to live in the moment, right? It almost feels like gravity is anywhere but here and now, right? Like gravity's in the past, gravity's in the future, but it's very hard to be anchored to the present moment, to be here physically, mentally, and spiritually. What if that's costing us? You ever think about the cost of not being present in the moments of your life? What if our inability to live in the present is actually costing us those moments? What if you're missing them? Because you're not here. You're back there. You're you're over there. You're, You're not here. So you're missing moments. Not minutes. I can spare some minutes. But I don't want to miss a moment. Because you're always stuck in the past or stuck in the future. You're missing moments. Moments that are meant to shape you. Moments that are meant to move you. Moments that are meant to change the course of your life. You are missing moments because you're not present here and now. So my, my favorite author is this guy named C.S. Lewis. And uh, <laughs> you're hearing the people who go to Mosaic chuckle because I quote him all the time. He's the only author I quote, actually, besides Jesus. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I don't put him up there with him, but he's really high up there, okay? Uh, And one of the things that made him such a good author was his ability to live in the moment, okay? He fiercely lived in the moment. He had what people who study his work call an omnivorous attentiveness. He could just, he just was super hyper observant to the world around him, and that's why he was so. Uh, like good at describing things. If you want to be a writer, you got to be really good at like observing the details of things. And C.S. Lewis, man, he's just hyper lived in the moment so he could really describe the way things were with his writing. He had uh, what, what authors would describe as an intense sense of the astonishing realness 
of things. He had the ability to see and feel what most of us do not see and feel, to wake up in the morning and, and be aware of the firmness of the mattress, the warmth of the sun's rays, the sound of the clock ticking, the coldness of the wooden floor, the wetness of water in the sink, the sheer being of things. C.S. Lewis was like locked into that. And not just aware of it, but he wondered at it. To be amazed that water is wet, it did not have to be wet. Think about that. If water didn't exist and somebody showed you water one day, you'd be blown away by water. Isn't it crazy? No, because you aren't as observant as C.S. Lewis. That's why you're not blown away by it. And he had a term to describe this. I'm going to give you a word that's going to be added to your vocabulary. It will be useless to you, but I'm going to give it to you anyways. Here's what I think. I think you should try to drop this at the family dinner table in the next two days, okay? Drop this word. That's because it, it's, it's the only time you're ever going to use it. Just try to find a creative way um, because besides that, you're going to forget it. So here's the word. It's the word uh, quiddity. Nope, that's backwards. Quiddity. Quiddity. You with me? The inherent nature or essence of something. That's what C.S. Lewis called. That's, that's what he was like observing in things. And you have to be present to observe the quiddity of something. And maybe that seems stupid to you. Maybe you don't care about this word at all, even though you totally should, because I think you would impress people if you would use it later. And you can use it however you want. You can make up the meaning. Nobody's really going to care. <laughs> but this is really important when it comes to being present. I mean, think about this. The quiddity, the essence of something. Like, what's the quiddity of sitting in front of a warm fire on a cold night with people you love? What's the essence of that moment? You know what I mean? The crackling of the fire, the smell, the light dancing on the wall. What's the, what's the essence of that moment? What's the quiddity of making Christmas cookies with your kids? The mess, the sugar, the laughter, the fighting, all of it. What's the, what's the essence of that moment? What's the quiddity of the smile on your friend's face when, you, when they open that perfectly thoughtful gift that you got them? What's the essence of that moment? What's the quiddity of the buzz around the family dinner table on the holidays, that low din that, that you just don't get very often? You know, not when we're talking about politics, but good things, you know, good things. That, what's the quiddity of that moment, that, that like family chaos that only comes around a couple times a year? What's the quiddity of waking up in a warm bed on a day where you don't have to be anywhere for a while and by God's grace, your children sleep in a little bit? What is the quiddity of those moments? The essence of them. You know, if you could boil them down to just their, their necessary substance. The essence of those moments, is it not the essence of life? That's what it is, right? It's the essence of life. Those moments are our lives. And, and think about this. If we miss the essence of those moments, aren't we missing the very essence of life? And it's often because we're not present. We aren't present. We're somewhere else. We're in the past. We're in the future. We're not present. And we're not just missing minutes. We're missing moments. We're missing the very essence of life. I don't want that. There's so many things that you have in your life that if you didn't have them, you'd pay a million dollars to have. But having them, you ignore them. And if you would stop living in the past and stop living in the future and be present now, you might just start to notice to be attentive to the essence of the things that God has given you in your life. I wonder, how much would your life change if you made a concentrated effort to be present, to behold 
the moments of your life, to not miss what God is doing right here, right now, to stop brewing on the past, to stop pressing towards the future, but to just be in the moment right here, right now. Do you realize that that's all you have? How crazy of a thought is that? The present moment is all you get. You can't go back. You can't jump forward. You are not a time traveler. You know that, right? You can't just flick a wrist and go, go backwards. You can't go forwards. You only get right here, right now. That is all you get. That's all God gives us, is this present moment. It's all you get. Can I say something that... I hope the moment I say it, a light bulb clicks on in some of your head, because some of you do this. Stop despising the present moment. Stop it. Isn't that weird? Some of you do. You, you hate now. You, you just, you just kind of squirm in the present moment, so you're always going backwards, you're always going forward. You can't be here now. Stop despising it. I wonder how many of your problems in your life are created simply by you despising the present moment. If you could just erase that from your life, pull it out of your life, I wonder how much better your life would be if you just stop hating now. Because you always want to be somewhere else. Even when you get there. Stop hating it. Start living in it. Start experiencing it. Start drinking in the essence of every moment. It's the essence of life. It's all you got, man. That's all you got. It's right here, right now. Start living in it. So the question immediately becomes how, right? Okay, cool, man. That's awesome. I want to live in the moment. I want to drink in the essence of my life. How do I do it? How do I stop dwelling on the pain or the nostalgia of the past? How do I stop <laughs> dreading or anticipating the future constantly? How can I be present here and now? Gravity's pulling me backwards. Gravity's pulling me forwards. I, how can I anchor myself in the moment? Well, the answer to how you can be present in a moment is a moment. It was that moment that these angels are telling the shepherds about. Jesus' birth is the answer to how you can be anchored in the present moment. Jesus' presence is the answer to your presence. And maybe that makes no sense to you. <laughs> Let's just be real. I know there's at least somebody in here going, really, man? <laughs> how, how can a baby born 2,000 years ago help me not live in my past? <laughs> That's even further back than my past. What are you talking about, man, right? How can a baby crying in a barn cause me to not constantly live in, in anxiety? Just thinking about a baby crying gives me anxiety. Like, how can that possibly be, Right? Because Jesus' birth wasn't a minute, it was a moment. It was a moment. Is there a moment more jam-packed with meaning than the Christmas moment? If you really believe it to be what I believe it to be? Like in the history of the world, we're talking about what I, have to, what I believe to be, this Christmas moment. The creator of the universe stepping into creation. That moment. That's a moment, Right? The very fabric of the universe should bend under the weight of his presence, yet he comes in such a way that it doesn't. God became man. A moment. The moment. The moment of moments. The moment that has been reverberating throughout history for the past 2,000 years. That moment. It means something to you. That moment enables you to live in your moment. Luke 2.11 2, 
For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord, Jesus. His presence on this earth is such a huge deal. Jesus is the answer to your past. Jesus is the answer to your future. Jesus. If you struggle with the past, that shame and guilt and frustration you feel over your past, man, Jesus came to earth to die for that. That was his mission. You don't have to carry that anymore. You don't have to carry the shame, the guilt of it anymore. Jesus took that onto himself on the cross. And if you put your faith in Jesus, you don't have to carry that stuff anymore. You can be free. The chains that seem to be holding you back, they're cut. God's presence is the answer to your shame and your guilt. Jesus being born in a barn means that God will go to any lengths to save you. Do you realize that? God will break down the gates of heaven from the inside out to chase you down. Jesus is the answer to your past. You don't have to brood on that anymore. And Jesus is the answer to your future. You don't have to live in fear and anxiety of what's to come. Jesus faced everything there is to face on this earth and he said he overcame the world. He won. So you can have faith that no matter what happens, he'll be with you and he can make good of any disaster that hits you. God's presence is the answer to your fear and anxiety. Not that bad things won't happen if you put your faith in him. I'm not going to stand up here and promise you that. That's not true. Your dreams, uh, you know, some preachers like, oh, your dreams will come true if you follow Jesus. Yeah, your nightmares might come true too. I don't know. The worst could happen. It could. All that stuff that you worry about, the worst one could happen. But the meaning of Christmas is that you will not have to face that moment alone. You won't have to. The king of the universe stepped off of his throne and into history so that you will not have to face the worst moments of your life alone. He will be with you in that moment. And let me add one more. It's not just the past. It's not just the present. Some of you don't want to be in, in the present moment because you don't like the present moment. There's pain right now. It's not in the past. It's not in the future. It's now. And Christmas means that God will be with you even in that he stooped low enough that when he meets your eyeline, you can see the same tear that runs down your cheek runs down his cheek. He's with you in that. He feels what you feel. And he promises his presence in that moment. You can exhale. Because the manger means that God has stepped into history. And not just into history, but into your life. He wants to bring peace. He wants to bring joy. He wants to bring purpose and depth and meaning to the moments of your life. What if, what if you're supposed to have a moment in the next couple of days here? Christmas Eve, Christmas. What if you're supposed to have a moment? What if God's got one like lined up for you? I don't know where it'll hit. Maybe it'll hit in somewhere unexpected because you know the, the manger was kind of an unexpected place for the most important moment to ever happen, right? It was kind of unexpected. What if, what if God wants to hit you with a moment here, a, a life-altering moment? I don't know. Drive into a family function. When you lay your head down on the pillow tonight, when you're sitting around that dinner table, when you talk to that family member you haven't talked to in a while, maybe God wants to do something in those moments. What would it look like for you to be present, truly present, where you are just for the next two days? Let's not go for the rest of your life. That's a really big goal. Let's just talk about the next two days. What would it look like for you to be present the next two days? For you to not dwell in the past for you to not get caught up in the future, but for you to just be in the moment for two days.
and see what God does. See how many moments you notice. And if you do remember the past, I'm not saying just forget the past. Remember it in such a way that it enriches your present, not steals from it. And if you do hope for the future, just, just hope in a way that enriches your present, doesn't steal from it. I'm not saying to disconnect from these things, but, but don't live there. Live here. Allow these things to be connected, but not dominate. Be here. Be now. You never know when that next moment is going to come.